uh, the state of Florida uh, has charged and is in the process of arresting 20 individuals across the state for voter fraud. Over a year and a half ago, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis announced a new initiative, an election police unit. Months later, the unit made its first arrests. Apparently, I, I guess you have a warrant? For what? I'm not it's sure. for voter stuff, man. For voters. It's, it's two felony charges for voter fraud, but they reduced it to $500 bonds. So it's $1,000 total. Oh my God, man, what so, the? Yes, sir. So unfortunately, right now, we're gonna have to take you to jail. I didn't do, what did I do wrong? This is a unit that was created specifically at Governor DeSantis's request. It was the first of its kind in the nation to specifically have law enforcement officers whose job is to basically arrest voters for alleged fraud. Lori Rosa covers Florida for The Post. She says that so far, there have been more than 20 arrests for voter fraud, but hardly anyone is getting convicted. And in the meantime, the election police have upended the lives of Floridians. Of the 20 arrests announced that day by the governor, only one has gone to trial. I spoke to the lawyer of one woman who said she accepted a plea deal. She didn't admit she did anything wrong. She didn't have to pay any money. She didn't serve any time in jail except for the couple of hours on the day she was arrested. She just walked away from it. But he said it caused a lot of stress in her life. She almost lost her job. He said just a lot of turmoil in the uh, six or seven months that it took to get the case resolved. Um, others uh, who had their cases dismissed also told me that their lives were upended because they lost their jobs, lost health insurance when they lost their jobs, uh, got behind on rent, had to run up credit card bills while they were looking for another job because their faces were splashed all over the television. People who didn't know their background all of a sudden knew that they had been convicted of a felony in the past. So it caused um, stress and turmoil. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Anahat O'Connor. It's Tuesday, May 30th. Today, we unpack the extensive toll of Florida's election police. And I talk with my colleague Lori about why DeSantis created this unit and what it reveals about how the presidential hopeful plans to govern. What has Florida Governor Ron DeSantis been up to when it comes to elections in the state? Governor Ron DeSantis has been overhauling Florida's elections process for the past two, two and a half years. Every legislative session since the successful election in 2020, um, he has proposed some dramatic changes. And the legislators in Florida are a GOP majority. So this year he has a super majority. So most of what he uh, wants to do, he gets. Mm. And this unit... It has an unusual structure, and it's being enforced by the state's prosecutor's office. How does it work exactly? The unit is under the Department of State, actually. It's under the uh, Department of State, which administers the elections. But it is being enforced by the statewide prosecutor. And the statewide prosecutor is uh, appointed by the attorney general, and the attorney general is a member of the governor's cabinet. And in this case, um, she is a an ally of Governor DeSantis. 
So there's a lot of close connection between what the office does and certainly with the attorney general's office and therefore most likely the governor's office. And how much money has DeSantis put behind this unit? Last year when it was first started, the uh, legislature gave the unit $1.1 million to get started um, to employ, I believe it was 27 people. The governor this year asked for uh, a doubling of that amount. He didn't get that much. He only got a 20% raise for the for the unit. It's now up to $1.4 million. Unclear how many people they will hire or what their jobs will be because it hasn't even been in operation for a year. And the results so far have been less than stunning. Out of thousands of cases that they've been alerted to, very few have gone through the judicial process, and they're finding very little fraud. So it's unclear how much, uh, how much more work they'll be doing with more money that they're getting. Mm. Can you talk about this election unit's track record? I mean, its results seem pretty remarkable, but maybe not in the way DeSantis had intended. Well, you know, it's hard to say what he intended, really, because if the intention was to warn voters that they might be doing something wrong and therefore maybe don't vote, that uh, a lot of folks say it has had a chilling effect. But the governor's intention, uh, he says, is to make sure uh, that the voting is uh, done by the books. These folks voted illegally in this case, and there's going to be other grounds for other prosecutions in the future. Uh, they are disqualified from voting uh, because they've been convicted of either murder or sexual assault, and they do not have the right to vote. Very quickly after the unit began operating last July, within two months, the governor had a uh, press conference. He said these are folks who were uh, felons, who had been convicted of felonies, rather, and they voted without having had their rights restored, and therefore they uh, broke the law. They did not go through any process. They did not get uh, their rights restored, and yet they went ahead and voted. So that was the first big splash, and so far, the only splash of the election crimes unit. That's all we heard since then is that they, uh, they're there, they're working hard, and they need more money to do more work. Why are so many of these cases uh, stumbling in court? Most of the cases that have been dismissed by judges were dismissed because the uh, defense attorneys argued that the statewide prosecutor who brought the charges wasn't legally allowed to. A statewide prosecutor has in Florida has a specific job to prosecute crimes that uh, cross uh, judicial circuits, and that's usually it was designed to uh, get um, extortion, uh, drug gangs, you know, sort of cartel type things. It was never designed to go after voters, is our understanding, and now it is. So judges were dismissing those cases, saying, "Look, you just you can't. This is the wrong office to try to bring these charges." So six or seven cases were dismissed on those grounds. Mm. And how has DeSantis and his Republican allies uh, responded to these case dismissals or these claims that the state doesn't have jurisdiction? Well, that brings up another confounding fact in this in this whole story is that once the uh, state saw these cases being dismissed by judges because of the jurisdiction issue, the legislature went back and changed the law. They had a special session to change the law to specifically allow the statewide prosecutor to prosecute voting crimes. So now even folks who had their cases dismissed are facing the prospect of having to face a judge again over the same charge under this new law. Totally unclear if it's constitutional, if judges will allow this sort of retroactive 
you know, we're coming back at you sort of thing again. But because it's, it's, that's all just happening, it's sort of spooling out as we speak. And now DeSantis has been something of a lightning rod for a controversy lately. How has this unit been received publicly? Have there been any criticisms or pushback against this effort? Well, there's a lot of pushback because folks see that people who were arrested last summer showed every sign of not knowing what they had done wrong. I've interviewed some of those uh, those people, and they were given voter ID cards. They registered with the state. It was sent to Tallahassee. Uh, DeSantis' administration, you know, gave them the stamp of approval to vote. So they thought it was okay for them to vote. Turns out it wasn't because they were convicted of crimes that did not uh, qualify for the uh, Amendment 4, which was an amendment that gave voting rights to most uh, formerly incarcerated people. So the pushback against those arrests has been pretty loud from the public, but in the halls of power in Tallahassee, um, the uh, Republican-led legislature said, "We, we need more, we need more election investigation, we need to make sure there is zero fraud. And what do voting rights advocates say about, you know, this election police unit and how it's been operating? I mean, I saw police cam footage of people being arrested. And as you mentioned, it seemed like they were mostly people of color. What do voting rights advocates say about this? Voting rights advocates are are appalled by by this enforcement of these laws by this new elections uh, crimes unit. And, you know, the governor likes to say, and, and, the, and his supporters say, that in Florida it's easy to vote but hard to cheat. And, uh, and it's, the easy to vote part is getting less and less true, I think, because of some of the, the, the new rules. There was another elections overhaul passed uh, a few weeks ago in the state legislature. But election integrity is important. I mean, everyone agrees to that who uh, who talks about it and thinks about it. Uh, Democratic legislators in Tallahassee are all for election integrity, but they don't think that you need uh, police officers, you know, looming behind voters, so to speak, uh, to achieve that. And in fact, the evidence of election fraud in Florida and elsewhere is, is so minuscule, uh, a lot of folks question spending money on stepping up enforcement of something that apparently doesn't need to be enforced. And voting rights advocates say that it's becoming harder and harder to vote, harder and harder to help register people to vote. The fines are going up for third-party registration groups, uh, souls to the polls. Folks are nervous about, you know, being involved in voting in, in any way because they don't want to somehow accidentally just get caught up in a, in a dragnet. So activists say that the intent is suppression. Um, the governor and his supporters say the intent is uh, integrity. After the break, Lori tells me about Florida's Amendment 4, the law that made it possible for people convicted of felonies to vote, and the lasting impact the election police are having on voters. We'll be right back. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. So, Lori, I remember in 2018, pretty vividly on election night, when this ballot initiative in Florida 
passed. Uh, it received a lot of attention. And the idea behind it, uh, or at least at the time, what most people had assumed was that if you were um, a formerly incarcerated person in Florida who had been convicted of a felony and served time, that you know this ballot initiative that passed, I think with a pretty resounding majority, that you would have your voting rights restored. On what grounds is this election fraud unit going after these people? Well, you're right. That uh, amendment in 2018 passed by a huge margin. I think what Florida demonstrates is that we are a country that believes in not writing people off. If someone is living and working amongst us and has uh, obligations and responsibilities, they should also have the ability to decide the direction that our country is going. In fact, uh, more voters voted for that amendment than they did for Governor DeSantis, who won by a, a very narrow margin that year. But the amendment did have a couple of um, exceptions to people who had been formerly incarcerated. If they had been convicted of uh, murder or a felony sex crime, they would not automatically get their voting rights restored. They'd have to go through a different process. Now, the amendment would not automatically restore the voting rights of those convicted of murder or sexual offenses. Those individuals would still need to apply to the state clemency board. But uh, the news and uh, the uh, public messaging that uh, folks who were, you know, had served their time could now vote, which for many people is a, a sign of, you know, becoming a full citizen again, that news spread far and wide, and people started registering left and right, which was a good thing for democracy. But uh, also some folks who fell into those two categories of having a conviction in their past um, that was either a, a sex crime or a murder, many of those people didn't read the fine print, apparently, and they uh, registered to vote, thinking that they were able to because uh, they thought they were just, you know, they thought they were included in the amendment, but they were not. So it's possible some of these people were just confused uh, about whether or not their rights had been restored. Can you talk about some of the people who were, you know, swept up in, in these arrests and sort of the consequences for them? We reached out to um, most of the uh, 20 folks who were arrested in the dragnet that day. And uh, the, the ones who have spoken to us um, have been, their, their lives were just turned upside down by those arrests. And these are people, everyone who did talk to us said they thought they were allowed to vote. They were either approached by a voting voter registration organization, you know, the folks that you see um, at various places who encourage you to register to vote, or on a couple cases um, at official government offices, like the DMV, one of them said that they were there and they said, hey, do you want to register to vote? And they said, you know, I'm a felon. Said, no, but that's fine. You can, uh, you can register now. So they signed up to register. The, uh, their registration forms went to Tallahassee. They were approved by the Department of State, which is uh, serves under the governor, and sent back to their counties and then sent to their mailboxes. So they all had valid voter IDs, and they thought they could vote. So they did. Mm, so it seems like these people could potentially be forgiven, so to speak, for thinking they could vote. I mean, the state of Florida basically had sent them, you know, these, these documents suggesting that they could vote in the election. Well, exactly. And that's the confounding thing about this, is that to look at it from it just on its face, the government told them they could vote, the state told them they could vote, so they voted. And they felt good about it. Um, the, the people I interviewed said it, it was a good feeling. Some of them had never voted before, you know, and they thought that this was a really good step towards you know, becoming a full citizen again. 
and the arrests um, for people with uh, criminal records to get arrested again is both terrifying and also could be extremely consequential, right? They were facing another um, five years in prison. It was, you know, scary times for them. Certainly this group of of folks, uh, they don't have their rights restored, so they can't vote. There's a process through what they could go through to, to try to get that, but they're not interested, and they're even telling family members, don't bother. I spoke to one man who said he, you know, told his friends and family, uh, don't do it, it's a trap. I talked to people before the last year's uh, election, general election, and in November, and they were saying that uh, the chilling effect was working, that they wanted to vote, but, you know, if they had done, if they had done a, a mail-in ballot form, they're worried they didn't do everything correctly, and maybe if they didn't, you know, fill out the right form, they'd be arrested. People just thinking about voting and they're not following the ins and outs of the laws, they're seeing these arrests, primarily of people of color, and they're thinking, maybe I better not bother. Lori, is there any precedent for an election police unit like this one in Florida? Have we seen other states uh, establish similar units or attempt efforts like this? This election crimes unit is the first of its kind in the nation. Texas had a small office within their Department of State, I believe it was, with a few people whose job it was to uh, pay special attention to alleged voter fraud. But no state has a police unit designed specifically to find voters who shouldn't have, who allegedly shouldn't have voted. But it, it tends to be what happens in, in, uh, in Florida often spreads to other states. Um, Georgia was looking at something similar. I, I don't know the results of that, but... Uh, but Governor DeSantis is very proud to be the leader in this, um, in this and many other areas. But, you know, election integrity, he has said, you know, voting is you go on election day, you get in a booth, you mark your ballot, and that's that. He said the more people get involved in, you know, helping handling that ballot through mail or helping you register, the, you know, less integrity it has. So he has his vision of the way elections should be run and how you should vote. And that goes against what, you know, some improvements that have come along that uh, voting rights advocates say have helped people vote, mail-in voting, for example. So um, there's a lot of uh, tension between voting rights advocates and Governor DeSantis. And now election integrity has become something of a, I guess, rallying call for a lot of Republican politicians around the country. How does this tie into DeSantis's run for president? This policy could have national implications in the sense that it gives you an idea of the way uh, Ron DeSantis thinks about voters and elections. It'd be difficult for him to take his elections police unit national because elections are state-run institutions. Georgia was looking at something similar. I I don't know the results of that. But but Governor DeSantis is very proud to be the leader in this um, in this and many other areas. But, you know, election integrity, to his mind, is, uh, is well, to everybody, it's, it's important to everybody. But for Governor DeSantis, he has said, you know, voting is you go on election day, you get in a booth, you mark your ballot, and that's that. He said the more people get involved in, you know, helping handling that ballot through mail or helping you register, the, you know, less integrity it has. So he has his vision of the way elections should be run and how you should vote. And that goes against, what, you know, some improvements that have come along that uh, voting rights advocates say have helped people vote, mail-in voting, for example. But I believe it could give insight into the way the governor thinks about elections. And his supporters say he's just wanting to make sure that everyone 
who is voting is supposed to be voting. Lori, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Lori Rosa covers Florida for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Jordan Marie Smith. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Rena Flores. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, please subscribe to The Washington Post. It's a great way to support the work that we do. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe to learn more. I'm Anahat O'Connor, and we'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.